0: And you're listening to KZCCLP 106.1 Conroe and KZCWLP 104.5 in Conroe and worldwide at OurLonestar.com.
1: Well,
2: good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schissler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor as well as the founder of OneBestConsult.com. Glad you had the time to listen to the program this morning. Also want to give a big shout out to all the fathers and grandfathers out there. Uh, Yesterday was Father's Day. I hope you had a chance to enjoy your family. I know I did. It's nice to kind of kick back and enjoy things, watch everyone else do whatever they do, and lots of smiles to go around. Today we're broadcasting live from the studios of Lone Star Community Radio, which is located in downtown Conroe, Texas which is one of the fastest-growing cities in America. It's a place to be. It's a place to do business. It's one of the reasons I love to come downtown into Conroe and the entire county, Montgomery County, Texas. Lots and lots of business going on. First question of the day for you, how will your business fare this summer? We're in the beginning of summer, if you don't believe it. If you're in the Texas area, just go outside about 2 or 3 o'clock. Temperatures are already soared into the triple digits. But a question is, and this happens every year to every business. Now, I'm assuming your business is not seasonal. If it's seasonal, in summer is a big time for business. Or perhaps some people I've worked with, their business basically dwindles off to nothing. And there's, you know, they plan for that. But look what's in our, look what wind is blowing in our face this day. We got the inflation. The wind of inflation is blowing and it's blowing fairly hard at 8.5, percent It's something to consider, and will have, I think, a big impact on how your summer is, particularly in the months of July and absolutely in August as things start to catch up, so to speak. The other big wind blowing at us is recession. Lots and lots of talk, more and more, it seems like, each day. They're talking about a recession, so we have to consider how that wind is gonna have an impact on our business. And finally, the interest rates on loans. The inflation drives up interest rates. Our Fed is trying to slow it down, so they're raising rates. So if you have business loans or gonna need a business loan in particular, you're gonna be looking at a higher rate than just a few months ago. So my advice always, when you have these winds blowing at you, whatever they are, and they change, they come, they go, Is make sure you do as much preparation think through these situations and what the impact will be on your business the weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and businesses throughout the world come together to talk about the latest in business news ideas to improve your business and to be part of conversations that make a real difference in your business And we'll remind you as we start today's show that we are currently broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook. Just go to either one of those sources and find the weekly business hour page and then click on it. And then you'll see a place to click so you can watch as well as listen to today's program. And also to remind you, my email address, because I love to get emails. And we'll get into that in a little bit more later uh, as we're going to the mailbag. Uh, for a part of the show to answer a question sent in by one of our listeners. Email address is real simple. It's one, that's the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. One, bestconsult at gmail.com. Well, today I have a great guest. Uh, she's been on the show once before. Uh, asked her to come back uh, because, again, we have those winds blowing against us. And what is the impact? And today we're going to talk about numbers, and I invited Randy Morton. She's the managing partner for Better Bookkeepers here in Montgomery County. She'll be joining us. She and I visited a little earlier in the month, and we're going to talk about how important the accurate numbers and your need to manage your business using those numbers in your monthly financials, et cetera. So Randy's gonna conversation is coming up, and I encourage you just sit back, grab a pad and pencil or your computer so you can take some notes. Because Randy points out some important factors that some of you may not have been considering as you use your business numbers, your accounting numbers, your bookkeeping numbers, whatever you want to call it. So here's Randy Morton and a conversation that we had earlier this month. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're back on the road today, we're out visiting uh Montgomery County businesses uh and in this case we've stopped by to see one of the better bookkeepers uh, if you will Randy Morton who heads up that firm uh to talk about bookkeeping accounting uh maybe even a little bit of taxes but talk about the general environment of business here in Montgomery County because you know Randy that's one of the things that uh, I think you have probably better than most a view of because you have clients customers throughout the area
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, it's surprisingly, business is good in Montgomery County. It, it really is. You know, we, we took a little bit of a hit, but people seem to really start bouncing back in this area. Even, um, you know, you and I were talking offline a little bit about the the staffing issues and the work is there for sure. And we're, we're seeing it in the bookkeeping. The profits are good.
2: You know, what's interesting to me, you mentioned like the visual I get on knowing how businesses is construction. I have a real estate background. I have a degree in real estate and finance. And in my early part of my career, that's what I did. So when you drive around the county, I mean, everywhere, uh, Magnolia, you go all the way to the farther northern reaches of the county up in Willis and all that, and then go over towards 59, I mean, Splendora, there's construction everywhere and all kinds of construction.
1: Yep, in all shapes and, and, and sizes. And the people are coming. They say build it and they will come. Well, they're here and it's building. Well, I hope (laughs) for
2: the sake of some of these large residential developments with a thousand plus homes uh, uh, in them uh, that they do come because these are massive developments.
1: One of the things
2: that I know is a concern, and I don't know what you see or hear from your clients, but you know, infrastructure gets talked about a lot, particularly at a national level, but even here locally. Last year with the freeze, and the problems with the electric uh, utilities. Uh, But I also, here in Montgomery County, we have a new electrical generation plant uh, going in place, which is to me exciting because we're trying to meet the need before it's there. In other words, Uh we're at least planning for that. Do you see that in other areas?
1: Um, I I I was just gonna comment on, on the area of infrastructure in general. You could see that the leaders of this county they do a good job of trying to stay ahead of ahead of the problem, if you would. Um, you know, tra- traffic. I look right out my window at forty five, and every day you can time it. You know what time it is just by the noise of the traffic. Um, so I think we are very fortunate to live in the county that um, keeps an eye open and and stays ahead of that of the game.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm very impressed. I grew up in, in Houston, Harris County, and was involved in real estate there and some other places. But uh, years ago, not so much recently, in my opinion, Harris County was ahead of the curve, if you will, planning and executing. I mean, mm-hmm. you can plan yourself to death, right? But unless yes. you make it happen. And it's a complex thing to build a road or put in utilities. and And I get that. Um, But I agree with you, the leadership here in Montgomery County and the county, the cities, uh, whoever's involved seems to be really focused on growth of having the infrastructure in place to make the utilities said were available to people who want to develop the property, uh, either commercially, residentially or whatever. So well, I agree. Like you said,
1: that you said the construction is there. People are moving in. Well, that leads to the schools. The schools are then getting um, more and more students in them, and we need the roads for the buses to get the students to the classroom. So they kind of, kind of all trickles, and they do a really good job of staying ahead. And you said the key word planning, and we we try to preach that pretty often in the bookkeeping world, you know, or are you playing for it? Because this time of year or really about a, two months ago, we were getting the phone calls screaming about how much taxes they they owe from. They get their you know return back from their CPA. We had their bookkeeping completed, get it to their CPA. And oh, my goodness, I owe this in taxes. Well, did you plan? Did you plan with your CPA? You got to make sure that you do those quarterly planning with the CPA you're working with. So planning
2: you know that, is Excuse me, go ahead.
1: I was just saying, planning is key.
2: Well, it, it, you make an excellent point. Uh, and you mentioned about planning with CPA. One of the, the struggles I had with clients in working with small business clients for all those years was there was very little, if any, planning done like you're talking about. Uh, people thought they went to the CPA or whatever to get their taxes done, and that was it. Um, I was fortunate personally to grow up in a business environment, in a family business where we met with the accounting firm every quarter just to talk about business issues, potential tax issues. It was not about preparing a return, uh, you know, direct work product. It was about kicking around where business was, where it needed to go, just an open discussion and uh, did the same thing with legal insurance. And uh, I mean, it, it just makes a huge difference uh to a business whether it's the panic <laughs> that you mentioned right. or keeping more money in your pocket i mean simply by planning so i'm I'm kind of a nut about encouraging people to spend a little bit of time on planning so and people, I, don't,
1: people don't realize that the tax return is the end result you have to be planning all along the way and bookkeeping needs to be in place all along the way so that as soon as you see a little bit of a change whether it's a increase in revenue or a decrease increase in expense or a decrease you need to adjust your plan accordingly so if you wait on your bookkeeping well then your tax return is going to have a result that you may not be happy about
2: (laughs) well if you get that quote unquote cash call at the last minute to have to write a check you know i find small business people uh, tend to focus on the top line on revenue and don't really necessarily consider profits um, to, as much as they should, because to me the game or the challenge is to keep as much of that dollar of revenue as you can uh, at the bottom, You know, go to the bottom, so to speak. And the best run businesses I've been blessed to work with and to know are those that really kind of put a, a, a real focus on that profit percentage bringing that money down to the bottom line uh, instead of just, well, I got to increase sales or it's all about sales. And uh, the environment is you make money, whether your sales are up or down or wherever they are, uh, it's it's not rocket science. Is this what you find with clients?
1: All the time. And and so many times we're referring out the, the CPAs in the area we work with, or even the, the um, CFO, the contract CFO advisors those you know financial planning people are so important to have as part of your team for that exact reason you may have a business that doesn't have a way to increase your revenue well how can you get the best dollar out of that revenue you do have how can you be responsible in your spending you know do you have too many too many staff or do you need additional staff all that is part of the conversation that as bookkeepers we don't give advice you know we try to just book what the activity is happening but we see the planning we see the people who are communicating with the right team members and having the right coaching executive coaching in their business and the difference it makes
2: yeah it can make a huge difference Mm -hmm. people think small business they really don't need that type of assistance but Mm -hmm. it just depends what you want to do with the business I always tell them when I talk to them about consulting with them I mean if you're happy being what it is, and it is, and that's it, uh, then you know, more power to it, it's your business. But if you t- wanna grow and produce something, uh, that leads me to a question that, uh, something we end up discussing on our show a lot, and that's the exit of the business, uh, or exit and try and develop an exit quote unquote strategy. Uh, my advice to people based on my personal experience, plus training and other people I've read and heard from, Uh, is that you should plan your exit the day you open your business uh, because you'll make major decisions based on where you wanna take your business. Uh, Again, it's planning, right? Uh, It doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just have some idea of where you wanna go with the business, how long you wanna stay in the business, best guess, right? And those can always be adjusted. What do you find with people in your experience as far as looking to the future of when they will either pass the business on or sell it or or even close it down. I mean, that's some people's do that as a as a strategy for exiting.
1: And, and it is so important day one to have that plan and if not, start working on the plan. And it may not be you may not look at it as your exit plan, but it's your processes. Do, do you want to be an owner that is working deep in the weeds in the business or do you want to be working Kind of at the bird's eye view level on the business and that's all part of that plan because you you'll have the right people in place um a lot of times when we see it we see it after the fact oh i'm selling next month wait you're what <laughs> so we're kind of the last people to know on our end but the people who are most successful have their team in place because they put those policies into practice. They know, oh, I wanna grow in this area. So I need to put more training and development into my staff or team members to get there.
2: You know, you touched on a word success or most successful businesses. And that's something I start uh, define success with success for Randy Morton might not be success for Rick Schisler and too often I find folks in business and, and others, other endeavors they may be involved. well, success is winning, it's making money, uh, whatever that means. Uh, I think success though, for those that are truly successful is, did you get what you wanted out of the business? Are you getting what you want out of the business? Uh, and when you start talking to people, uh, the, the personal purpose, which I'm a believer in of going through that process that's offered by that book, uh, people almost they freeze up. They've never thought about what is it that I want this business to look like when we grow up. You know, with the business, what is it? What is it I really want out of this business? Is it every day just unlocking the door and putting my head down, and then every night locking the door and going home? And sadly to say, in many cases, that's what it's all about.
1: Oh, that, you, you hit it spot on. I had this exact conversation twice in the last month that for me, I, I just look at things differently. You know, that revenue goal is not a, a, um, a motivator for Randy Martin. I want to make sure that the quality is there. I want to make sure that people are treated right and we do everything possible to do it the most efficient way. And it just so happens that we get blessed on the other side because then it creates revenue. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I want to be happy and satisfied that I did everything in my power to get things done the most efficient way possible. And things are done correctly. And well, that's I mean, and you're like,
2: you know, and that's what you're, that's kind of the inner feeling you have. And in yeah. myself, my main goal is to, I love seeing other people be successful and if I've contributed to that in a positive way that's just even more wonderful. Uh and I it's uh, yes I when I was consulting on a, on a regular basis full time the money but we never charged rates that were equivalent to what we were doing not in the business I was in. So I encourage people to if you own a business make sure you know why you're there and what you're trying to do and include your family especially when we have Small business owners, make sure they or you have a connection there. Uh, that's one of the most dangerous things I've found is when, say, spouses aren't on the same page of expectations, and then you know trouble comes, sales go down, whatever happens—a hurricane, who knows, a pandemic—and uh, then all of a sudden you're you're squeezed, and you find out that your spouse is not on the same page as far as desire to be successful in this business. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's uh, take a break here for a moment. I've got a lot of other things I want to talk to you because, again, I, I think you, your firm, the business you're in is such a wonderful resource of knowing what's going on in business. It's not just the black and white, the spreadsheets, the columnar pads in the old days, you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first break of the day, uh, and then we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Randy Morton. I forgot to give her a proper introduction. We'll start with that and let Randy share some of her background with you. But stay with us. We'll be right back with you.
0: A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 647 3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio.
1: Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a
2: nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. We're visiting with Randy Morton, uh, she is the individual who, uh, chief cook and bottle washer, as my dad used to say, meaning you were in charge. You run the place better. Bookkeepers, Randy, give us a little bit of background. I've again, I apologize, I didn't ask when we first started. Kind of jumped right into that conversation and uh, started a little bit of background about yourself and Better Bookkeepers.
1: Sure. Well, I don't I don't mind at all because you know when you and I are together, we just seem to start chatting, and that's that's what we do. Um, Yes, my name is Randy Morton. I've been with Better Bookkeepers 10 years. I just hit my 10th anniversary earlier this week, as a matter of fact. And when we started, we were two full-time people and one part-time person, and we worked from our homes. The staff meeting was around the kitchen table. And now we have 15 staff members, um, Better Bookkeepers. We're in office space here, Shenandoah. Um, Most of our clients are in the Montgomery County area. But we do have a handful of clients in the Austin, Georgetown area and so we just there's a lot of bookkeeping need out there in the area and and we're here to help for sure.
2: Now, I understand or at least I saw it it, and, and I know how these things may drag that you you have a new title or designation. Is that correct? I sure do.
1: I sure do. I just made managing partner with um, Better Bookkeepers. The owners are Melanie Bush and Barry Blanton. Um, they've been working together. Better Bookkeepers is 12 years old. Come July 1st, be 12 years old. I've been with them, like I said, 10 years, and I started as a senior bookkeeper and worked my way up through management. Um, when Melanie was elected as the county treasurer she left the business on a day-to-day and put it in my hands and so i stepped up as president i've been running the operations for three years now Um, we've seen the trouble all of us have seen in the last couple of years um, and we've just kind of pulled out of it and um, i was very honored that they named me managing partner
2: well, congratulations and I'm definitely in the conversations you and I've had on the air off the air uh, well deserved no doubt about it. Let's talk about bookkeeping for just a moment bookkeeping has really changed from my perspective as a business owner over the last 510 years now everything's electronic because what, what challenges is that presented to you as a bookkeeping service of you know QuickBooks, whatever it's all electronic.
1: It is electronic and they do make it, um, their marketing department is beautiful because they make it look so easy. You just click of a button, zip, zip, it's in there. But if you don't have someone with the accounting knowledge looking at the numbers and reconciling, whether that's an electronic customer service management that's handling your invoicing or even your payables, you have to have someone making sure that everything that you press the button and sync over to your software is balanced, nothing was duplicated, nothing was skipped. Make sure you're reconciling both two statements that your bank statements as well as these third party softwares that are coming over. You have all your client information, all the invoices you sent out for the month, but you would be amazed at how many are duplicated, how many um, are th- there was a little glitch in the sink and things halfway came over. So That's where we step in and try to make sure all the boxes are checked so that everything is in order and coded properly
2: yeah accurate information the two things i look for from a bookkeeping uh, whether it be an accounting department in-house or an outside is information i receive the reporting the reports uh the financial statements whatnot are accurate and they're timely Um, those two things uh, are sort of my go-to items that when i use bookkeeping or have a business and I want those statements on a timely basis. Uh, Our family business, we got them, believe it or not, on the fifth or sixth of the month. And yeah, Yeah. and uh, I mean, it was and that that was before electronics. too. (laughs) And the accuracy was amazing as the business grew and the number of statements grew. It just continued. But uh, that all said, electronics. Has that made your job as a bookkeeper, as a bookkeeping service easier or is it a little more challenging?
1: I think it definitely helps um, and with the, not just the speed, but also the efficiency. You know, The electronics, yes, you could do it quicker, which gives you more time to put your eyes on it, to review that everything is in the right spot. A lot of times if you spend so much time with that data entry and you don't have the um, electronics, as you say, to help get that data into the database quicker, then you don't have as much time to review it to get the financial reports in the client's hand, in the business owner's hands. So yes, it has helped. Um, And security, you gotta make sure that you have the right security in place, because even though, all these online tools are beautiful you still want to make sure that you have security features in place so that that information doesn't end up in the wrong hands
2: you know electronic or digital record keeping uh one of the things that i think uh, that it does i would think for your business it does a lot of business allows you to expand your market so you're able to service clients you mentioned the austin area uh because digital because You don't have to drive to a client's location or they have to drive to yours and drop off records, uh, and the ability to check in. Plus the ability to teach the client. If that's part of the package, uh, real time, uh, as far as how the system works, the QuickBooks or whatever system you're using a bookkeeping system.
1: One of the things we learned when things start shutting down a few years ago was how fortunate we were because we already had it in place where we just picked up our stuff and went home plugged it in and it was as if we were sitting at the office everything that we had set up with our i.t vendors was in a remote environment so it was already securely backed up a few times a day we already had the um, secured credentials to get in and out of the system we just wasn't allowed to sit in our office to do it back then we were we were told to go home and work and so our clients didn't miss a beat we didn't miss payrolls and you know there were things we had to put on hold for some of the industries because they were all having to not report to work at all so we were able to do it in a timely fashion and not um, miss on any of the deadlines for our clients which was a a really huge um accomplishment for us we were excited
2: well i know someone like me and i'm sure you have a number of clients the fact that you were there things worked was a real blessing because so many things were not necessarily working so to speak or were not like they were before and to have something working a major part of your business which i happen to believe record keeping is uh that that was a real plus so let me uh kind of go back to where we are today in montgomery county for just a moment Uh, we've already talked about the idea that boy, it's growing great leadership from our political leaders and whatnot, and, and making sure that infrastructure is in place. So promoting more growth, attracting more people, businesses to this area. What do you find, or what do you hear from your clients or see in their statements are some of the challenges they have right now? Uh, anything in particular kind of catch your eye?
1: number one is staff is staffing and getting people to show up for the interviews and there there are some clients that will throw incentives out there just to show up for the interview and and for someone like me who's old school that oh it makes me cringe because i'm like really we're giving them an incentive just to show up for the interview that just doesn't seem right to me but it's in every industry across the board we see the growth You see the construction, building the homes, the schools are increasing. So the people are here. So why are they not applying for the jobs that are open? That's the number one challenge that we have, that that we see. Now,
2: you need to answer that question. Why, where are the people? I get that question almost every day. Uh, I don't have a
1: crystal ball, I don't know. (laughs)
2: Well, I just saw the report nationally. They estimate that 390,000 people did go back to work uh, last month, I guess, so new jobs. But the point is, I guess, uh, I don't know what the answer is. I w- still work with some clients and they all are, they, they feel like they their hands are tied or are they just dumbfounded, quite frankly. Uh, people have been in business 20, 30 years or more. They've never seen this. They don't, you know, they've tried every trick in the book i have not heard anyone offering an incentive to just to show up for the interview i can understand why because the no-show rate uh is amazingly high and uh, it's it's really interesting but we're the people it's almost like we've had some alien invasion body snatchers and people are just gone uh, but nobody knows where
1: and uh, yet you see on the news that people are coming they're coming here in texas every day but they're not applying for jobs, I guess. Or if they do turn in their resume and they schedule an interview, they simply don't show. And I I cannot wrap my head around it.
2: Well, I personally knew we were in trouble in this area. Our business was in trouble. When I had a good friend and colleague uh, last month tell me that he's a well-known, well-respected nationally lawyer and with a well-respected known firm nationally. And he's old school, like you and me, and he actually hired a lawyer into the practice. And the guy didn't show up, didn't call him. And I said to myself, and I said, lawyers know each other. I mean, it's a fairly close circle. This guy's going to, I mean, he's going to come in contact with, and, uh, my friend, it was sad. It, this had happened several weeks before, but he still was shaking his head. He could not, like you mentioned, get his arms around it. Has so, been a few
1: times. We we wanted to call and check to see if they were okay or if did they pass away between making the appointment and the time of the appointment. Because it was just nothing. No phone call. No email. Just a no show. It's like, man, you just hope that they are still among among us here. <laughs> and yeah, they do leave.
2: When I us. heard. When I heard the story about the lawyer, I knew it was really bad because again that guy and and, in fact my my friend said we'll cross paths somewhere, you know, in this particular area of practice there's no doubt about it. And he says what is I just I don't know what the answers are in that area as far as helping I think one of the things though i've seen some some really good employers businesses is they have put more attention on maintaining the workforce they have. They've looked at every process of how they could do it with less labor. Everything, I mean, some people have outsourced some things. In other words, taking the labor force and even shifting it around within the business uh, of people. Uh, But it always gets back to treating your people well, responding to them, know what's on their mind, know what you can do to help them. And the better business is, at least my experience, I uh, have always done that, but now they've they've even stepped up their efforts. Uh, and I'm not talking about the giveaways, the bonuses, or those kind of things.
1: No, just those the culture, are, the day-to-day. The whole
2: thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've got X number of people, and I'm going to make this business run on X number of people and run well. But you do reach a point if you lose people to you know personal issues and things that you still got to replace them. So mm-hmm. any other issues that jump out at you that. In this county, that our small business uh, business people are facing, that are particular challenges.
1: That one is so big that it's just kind of overshadowing any anything else. Really, that's that's just the main one for for us. So there's nothing really that I can pinpoint. Well, one
2: of the other things I hear, and I agree with you, it's kind of like they always talk about what what's going to win the next election. Well, everybody's talking about inflation. So, and that just sort of dominates anytime you go anywhere today, price of gas, people just talking about it or their experience or something they saw in the the staffing issues, exactly that way in a business uh, discussion or whatnot. But the other thing I hear about Montgomery County is the cost of the real estate, whether I'm leasing or trying to buy my own location. I've had several people in the last couple of years trying to buy to own their own location and so on and so forth, and just blown away quite literally with the cost to purchase the real estate or even to lease. Now lease rates have pushed up, um, supply is good, but still uh, real estate costs tend to be the second thing. If, I, if we get past the staffing that we talk about is, uh, especially for those trying to buy and develop their own you know, office warehouse or whatever they might be trying to build.
1: And I would agree, you know, they, even if it's not their own lease, and um, if that lease term is up for renewal, what does the new lease look like? Then they start talking about, well, where do I bring my business? Do we all move and work from home? Um, But I'm glad you, you mentioned that, because yes, I guess that would be the next challenge is merchant services are going up. So do the clients pass the surcharge on to their customer, you know, or do they absorb it and raise their rates some other way? Um, you're hearing the, the fuel surcharge with in, in the freight, they raised that a few years ago, what, 10 years ago, and it didn't come back down. <laughs> they kept it in their price. So, yes, inflation, I'm glad you mentioned those because I was so focused on the staff part. But yes, those are the next two is your merchant services, those fees because Visa and and MasterCard, they announced their rates were going up in June. I don't know if they've effectively went up yet since it's only the third of June, but um, be on the lookout for it because they're going up.
2: Well, and also as a consumer, people need to recognize since the Supreme Court's okayed it is the merchants can advertise that they're going to charge you, the customer, 2% 2% or 3% or some fee. And I noticed those are popped in up in different things, little small, fine print, you know, the real estate thing, what's interesting to me as we kind of wind down here today, you can go across the County line into Harris County and the real estate market in many uh, areas such as shopping centers, office space, whatnot is totally different. I mean, just, it's just, they got a lot of empty space and, uh, uh, it's very interesting just that close by you know 10 minutes 20 minutes totally different world so it's we need to hang when on whatever we need when, i'm sorry go ahead
1: when you're in a community that's labeled the number one in the world you know or the nation you know it, it it makes it attractive it makes it attractive to live here and yes just 20 minutes south people don't want to be in that area
2: yeah it's very interesting Randy, I can't thank you enough as always. uh, You've just got such a wonderful grasp on not only the bookkeeping, but aspects of business. You've got all that client base to kind of give you a lot of feedback and you see it And working with them. If people wanna contact you, have questions or perhaps wanna engage you, your services, what's the best way for them to do it?
1: Best way is to give us a call. Give us a call at the office. It's um, 832-299-6712 and we will get you connected with whoever you're looking to speak with because you know we we try to share that referral network
2: well again and i personally uh, know folks that use you known your firm for a long time and it's one of the, the the best accounting firms or bookkeeping firms one day you'll have to tell me what the difference in those accounting <laughs> is with bookkeeping, but that's for another day randy again thanks so much
1: thanks for having me
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Schisler again. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Uh, To me, uh, the conversation uh, about numbers and accounting and whatnot, I think it's so important, particularly today. And I really appreciate Randy Morton, Managing Partner of Better Bookkeepers, for helping us through that discussion. Again, you have questions, drop me an email. Real simple. Send it to onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's one bestconsult at gmail.com, and I will respond to your question, uh, and perhaps we'll even use it in our mailbag. Coming up in the second half of the show, we are going to go to the mailbag. We've got a good question about uh, employee retention, lots of turnover with employees in many areas, many industries, and I think this is a very appropriate uh, question to address, and I'll give you a quick answer And uh, we'll talk about that. And then finally, finish up my one best consult tip of the week, how a sound business strategy can help your business outperform your competition. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you.
0: Three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world.
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schissler again, and thank you, thank you for joining us on the Weekly Business Hour. Uh, we're going to go to the mailbag in just a second, but I want to remind you that a video cast podcast of today's program will be posted on YouTube, Facebook, on our page, The Weekly Business Hour. So if you miss something, you want to re-listen, or if you'd like to share it, really appreciate it. Share it with another business individual that uh, could benefit from it. Please do so. This will be posted in a couple days on the weekly Business Hour page, YouTube, Facebook, et cetera. Well, in the mailbag, I'm going to go through this uh, fairly quickly. We're a little short of time today, but it's a wonderful question. I've been in discussion groups in the past week or two about this question, local businesses uh, and roundtables talking about what to do with employee retention. March sent us an email. Basically, she says, we're located just outside a a major metropolitan city. There's a tremendous competition for employees. Our business actually grew during the pandemic, and we want to add another line. It's a real challenge to find new employees but I'm more concerned about keeping the ones I currently have. What can I do to boost my chances of keeping my existing employees? Again, a wonderful question, Marge, and thanks uh, for bringing this up. I think there's several things you can do, and some of this came out of these roundtable discussions that I mentioned that we've had in this in the Montgomery County area over the last few weeks. The first one is money, right? Now, money never scores at the top of the list in these employee satisfaction surveys. It's usually historically been down around five, six, or seven. But the money that I'm talking about is the idea that you're currently paying what I'll call the prevailing wage. What is the prevailing wage in your area? I mean, folks are raising the quote-unquote minimum wage. Last time I checked, I thought it was about $15.00 because you could go to work at Amazon or some of the big companies that have locations around the United States, starting wage $15. Read an article over the weekend that the city of Austin has raised their governmental minimum wage to $22. So be sure you're up because that's part of the competition. $22 an hour in Austin, Texas. Very, very interesting. Yes, I have to work for the city, but $22, and you're paying me $10, $12, and I can get a job that perhaps pays me a lot more, you need to consider that. Inflation. This is another topic I've heard a lot of discussion about. Inflation is biting into our employees' paychecks. If you don't know that, just ask. It is absolutely there. I think a lot of it is mental, though the price at the grocery store and absolutely the price of the pump just knocks your socks off, right? Well, your employees are concerned. Some people are even afraid. There's sort of a fear of the unknown that's uh, swept over this country, in particularly the people that are living paycheck to paycheck, which I heard a statistic recently, that that's up to 80% of the working people are living paycheck to paycheck. So what do you do? Excellent suggestion I heard that a local, in this case, nonprofit did. They immediately, in the last couple weeks, gave each of their 43 employees a $1,000 inflation bonus because they saw and understood the pain their people were having making ends meet. So they gave each employee a $1,000 inflation bonus. They also gave a raise across the board 5% even though this is not the time of the year they usually do it. I think the bonus idea of using bonuses, even if it's a bonus every paycheck for making the adjustment, because at some point this is going to fall down. The other thing I like about the bonus, if your payroll system is such that a bonus is shown as a separate line, then every time the employee gets their check, they're reminded that you – understood what they were going through to some degree, at least to the point that you're giving them extra money just because of what's going on with inflation. The other things, straight up, working conditions, the hours, the organization of the workplace, are things clean. These are all basics to attracting good employees, but take a look at them. Make sure you're doing the very best, doing what you can afford, because people want to work in an organized workplace, generally speaking, the best people, absolutely. And the last thing is attitude. This has always been there, the culture of your business. Encourage you to look that, make sure you're showing appreciation in small ways, speaking to people. I mean, there's all kinds of things we've talked about this subject on the show, but make sure you're checking that box along with the working conditions. Most of you probably are pretty darn good at these areas, but make sure you're doing the very best you can. People wanna work in a place. The money is important, but it is still not at the top of that list, I dare say. Now, if there's a huge gap, five, $10 an hour, all bets are off. But for a dollar or two or three, where they work, attitude of where they work, that's what's important. So consider these things. Now I wanna switch gears just for a moment on my One Best Consult tip of the week, how a sound business strategy can help your business outperform your competition. Competition is always there. It rarely, if ever, goes away. And one of the things I have always subscribed to, look and see what big companies are doing, Fortune 500 companies. What are they doing? And then try to distill some of these ideas, some of these business ideas that they have down to the small business level, and one of them is having a business strategy. I would dare suggest that a vast majority of small businesses don't understand or don't have a set business strategy. Now, they have an idea, right, on how to compete, and that fits right into a business strategy, but it's very, very important, I believe, to write it down and commit to it and make sure that your entire operation all the people associated with you, including suppliers, are on the same page when it comes to your business strategy. You know, many companies look at it and say, well, my business strategy is the budget, and they get fixated on the budget. Well, I get that. I mean, you don't stay in business if you don't make money, and your budget is a great guide to making sure you stay on track for that. But the business strategy is a lot more Uh And that is an important thing to understand. It really boils down to two things. Just two things, in my opinion. It says, is what is you do in terms of value creation? You're creating value for your customers. I buy from you. I use your service because you have value to me, okay? What you sell helps my business, for an example, run better. The quality of your product is a lot better than your competition. You're creating your own value. And the other saying is creating value for your employees. And we kind of touched on that in the mailbag issue. You've got to create value for your employees. So think about those things. Develop your own business strategy. you have questions, again, drop me an email, onebestconsult at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And a reminder, come back next week. Uh, we have another great show planned. I want to thank Randy Morton for joining us this, this week. And look for a video podcast of the Weekly Business Hour on the website of the station, IRLoneStar.com, OneBestConsult.com, or as I mentioned earlier, Facebook. And until next week, stay engaged and always keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thank you.